What's up, everyone? This is episode number 22 with Miss South Dakota 2019, Amber Hulse. Welcome to the Powerhouse Podcast. My name is Megan Swanson, former Miss Nebraska turned entrepreneur and expert pageant interview coach. And each week right here, we bring you a motivating conversation to help you discover just how to unlock the winner within you. Get ready for expert pageant interview secrets, life coaching strategies, and tons of personal development. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Now, let the podcast begin. Okay, guys, I have Amber Hulse here. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for episode 22 this week. We have Amber Hulse, Miss South Dakota 2019. Welcome to the podcast, Amber. I'm Megan. So what you guys don't know is I've known Amber for two years now, and it has been such an incredible journey um, just watching her really transform. And I wouldn't say from Caterpillar to Butterfly, because she was always University of South Dakota. So I'm a total political nerd. And nerd in general in high school, I was like president of the band and choir, so I was that kid. And um, I also had this weird side of me that people didn't really understand because I grew up on a hunting camp and I was the only daughter. And so I always liked hanging out with all the boys. And I was like manager of the football team and weightlifted and wanted to go to the Naval Academy when I was in high school. And so I had this weird kind of dynamic between pageant girl and also weightlifts with football boys. And that was always kind of something that no one really understood about me. Um, you know, it's just funny even nowadays when people see me, they, there's no super serious political side of Amber or super pageanty girly side of Amber. And they never really get understand the two. Um, so that's kind of who I am in a nutshell. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like that's why you and I get along so well, because as all my clients know, they either see me literally straight from the gym or like straight up pageant mode. And I feel like that's every single one of my clients. They're like, what are like jeans and a t-shirt? Like what is like regular cute of like people trying every day when you don't have to? Yeah, I love that life is like I work from home. Well, I'd love to start with just a couple um, kind of warm up questions before we get into kind of the deep stuff. And so are you ready for some some fun questions? Your favorite? Right, She's like, give me the questions about ISIS. I can do those. <laughs> okay. So um, the crowd, the audience would like to know, what is a weird thing about you that people don't know? So one thing that I think is hilarious is that I'm obsessed with mermaids. Like not in the way that like millennials are obsessed with mermaids. Like to the point that when I was like eight years old, I took my mom to ponds near where we live and made her do spells with me near like the ponds so that the lamb black mermaids would come out and so I could see a real mermaid. So I'm not like on the like trend of being obsessed with mermaids. It's like a new thing now. Like I've been on this train since day one. Oh my gosh, that's absolutely amazing. And you're tall and beautiful. So basically you are mermaids. So that's fitting. <laughs> what is your go-to jam song? If you're jamming in the car or before a test or before pageant, what's like your go-to song? Um, I either like Overwhelming by John Bellion or Say La Vie by Maurice Moore. Yes. Oh my gosh. John Bellion is so good. Okay. So I mentioned earlier that you're tall. Almost all my clients are tall, which is hilarious because I work with them online and then they come here and they're all stinking tall. And I like, don't even know how that happens, but I guess like osmosis because I'm six feet tall. Um, the crowd would like to know how tall are you, Amber? So I'm officially 5'10 and a half, but my driver's license says 5'11. So that's the official record. <laughs> I love that. Okay. And a final warm up question. What is the most useless fact that you know? So I figured this out that I knew this the other day on another call that I had with Megan. Um, prairie dogs have the bubonic plague. Uh-huh. Apparently other pageant girls think that prairie dogs are cute, adorable animals. And I had to educate them that prairie dogs are not cute and have the black plague. And she literally ruined someone's dreams the other day. She's like, oh wait, you can't like them. They have the bubonic plague. P.S. <laughs> That was hilarious. Oh my gosh, so funny. Well, cool. Thank you for answering those questions. And uh, with that, just to give you guys a little bit of context. So Amber was first runner up as a 19-year-old last year um, at Miss South Dakota and came back. And I really just want to dive into her story of both why she thinks that this was her year, this was her time, and why she thinks that she won um, this year and was a double prelim winner, you know, just absolutely destroyed state this year. But also just the transformative process. Because I think oftentimes um, what makes it a lot easier to respect somebody and look up to them is knowing that it wasn't always easy and that it wasn't always perfect. And knowing someone's journey, it's like I always say, like the reason why we respect Michael Jordan so much and why people think that he's you know the greatest basketball, basketball player of all time is not just because he won national championships, because other people have done that, but because he got cut from a sophomore basketball team. And went on to such a great level of greatness and operated with such a level of diligence and tenacity. So, Amber, what would you say is the biggest way that you have grown as a, as a person, as a competitor, um, and just in your personal life in last year since getting first runner up last year? Well, I think this past year of my life has been one of the hardest years I've ever experienced. Um, I had a lot of really awful things happen in my personal life between my best friend, my boyfriend, my dad is still in the hospital. And so, with all of these things that were happening, 
in my personal life, it really played through into like my pageant life and world because I had to really own up to who I was. And there was no way that I could pretend to be a certain person or try to fit a certain mold because it was so overwhelming and so just all encompassing in my emotional life that there was no mask anymore. Like I couldn't, it was exhausting to even deal with some of these things that were going on. And so I had no energy to even try to be fake or try to emulate something that I wasn't. And that made me really have to own who exactly I was and not care about what anybody else thought and just say, here I am, I'm it, pick me. This is what I got. If you don't like it, then fine. But here it is, I'm laying it all on the table and I hope you like it. And that was something that from last year to this year, last year I was so concerned about being the title holder they wanted and fitting in a box and being perfect. And this year I really was able to own up to some of my life experiences and really take that emotional pain and turn it into figuring out who I was and being able to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that so many pageant girls, because I would say that almost every single one of my clients, including like you just said where you used to be, why do you think that there's this like perception that being perfect, trying to be perfect, trying to say what the judges want, trying to have the quote unquote right answer or putting on a mask, why do you think pageant girls think that that's going to be what makes them successful? Because like you just said, it obviously wasn't. And how, how did that process work for you to take that mask off? I think that we look up to like these role models in the pageant world and we see them as this perfect person that's in their perfect box and that's because they've found their place and so then we as girls that are going through our journeys look at that person and try to be that person and you're not you know I'm not Gary Wendell and that's okay because I'm Amber and I'm going to be a totally different South Dakota than Carrie was and that's exactly what it's supposed to be and so I think that we look up to these girls that we see as perfect and try to be exactly like them and you're going to be your own type of title holder because you're a completely different girl and you just have to own up to exactly who you are and be confident in the person and the girl that you are because that's what the judges want they don't want another Carrie Wendell because she did her year and was amazing but that's the awesome thing about pageants is that you get to be exactly who you are and it's a way for you to find exactly who you are and it's just a mindset shift for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you came for your weekend intensive this year, the first thing that you said to me was, oh my gosh, last year I didn't have a soul. I'm a totally different person. And just to give you guys some context, when Amber came here last year, she's very serious. I was like, holy crap, this is the smartest girl of all time. She nails the political stuff, but she was very unemotional. And you could tell that she had her guard up and her walls up. And part of it too was obviously like you hated swimsuit and now that's gone. So that's like a huge mental barrier that's gone, which is awesome. Um, but how, like what happened over the past year? How did you work on that? What did that mental, emotional, spiritual um, side of your prep develop? And how did you get to where you are today? Well, I think last year when I walked into my intensive, I was also terrified because I didn't know, I'd never been like coached before and I didn't know like what I was walking into. So I definitely had my guard up in that sense because I wasn't, I didn't know what kind of feedback to expect. But then I also had this thing that in the political world, when you work for other people, you have to kind of pretend that you're a robot and that you have no soul and that you just say yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and do your thing and, you know, answer the questions that the press asks without your personal opinion and be done. And so that was kind of the rut that I had found myself in that I really wasn't able to share my personal stories or share who I was in a lot of like the world outside of pageants. And so I think that this past year, I was able to really find different avenues where I could share my personal story. And also with some of the things that happened in my personal life, I had to really own up to talking to people about my emotions and talking to people about what I was going through and how I was feeling. And that was that practice in real life, dealing with real life things, translated into the interview room and allowed me to talk about my emotions and feelings and personal beliefs because I had to do it in really, really tough situations. So it became really easy in the interview room when it was about fun things. Mm-hmm. So looking back to last year, obviously you were in it to win it. You got first round, you did amazingly. And coming back this year, obviously now you're Miss South Dakota 2019, which is amazing. And you're going to Miss America. Looking back, obviously you wanted to win last year. Are you glad that you didn't win last year? And talk to us a little bit about why you're so glad that you won this year and maybe what would have happened if you would have sealed the deal last year um, and what could happen in Miss America versus having the opportunity this year. I was a little upset last year that I didn't win because it was the last year that the pageant was going to be held in my hometown for 72 years. And so that was heartbreaking because I wanted to be the last Miss South Dakota crown in my hometown because that was the home of the pageant. And I just thought that would be like such a great story. So this year it was a little bittersweet that I was the first Miss South Dakota crown in Brookings, but also that was awesome because, you know, it was the first Miss South Dakota crown in Brookings. But um, I think that this year, the amount of work that I was able to do with my platform and the amount of work that I was able to do on myself and developing as a person is just it, that you can't put a price on that. And you can't even, I can't even describe to you how much I feel one better about myself but two more confident in being able to go out and help other people and I think as a state title holder as we were talking about earlier you know people look up to you a lot and if you can't be confident and strong in the person that you are you can't be a good role model for other girls and to me to be able to experience one defeat so that when you're a state title holder and other girls don't win you can talk to them about how that feels because you relate but also I'm able to really walk into Miss America this year and be confident in all of the preparation that I've done last year with my platform and establishing my platform as a nonprofit and really doing the work that will make real change and last year I had a really good idea but I had no actual work and foundation to build upon and this year's Miss South Dakota now I've done the background work that I can really just take off and have a launching pad to really do something for my state. Yeah. 
Yeah, I absolutely love that. And for those of you guys listening, I think that's a huge key. Oftentimes when we're in the moment and you don't win, we just are devastated. And obviously there's a natural healing process, but I really do believe that there's always a greater plan and a greater reason because I can't tell you how many times I've had clients who have won maybe the year after they really thought that they were ready. And just to see the growth and the development um, of what happens over the course of that year, specifically mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And then also, like you said, with your platform, it always ends up working out. And I just think it's so cool because now think of how much more you have with your platform and even your life experience going into Miss America, that's going to give you such a better chance. You get one chance in Miss America. And that's one of my, um, I wouldn't say regrets, but just biggest things. And I'm like, oh, like, yeah, it was great to win in my first try. But looking back, like I had no chance in Miss America. I didn't know what I was doing, which is why I love to pass that chance and that knowledge off to you guys as much as I can. But transitioning a little bit away from the past and looking at more now the job of Miss South Dakota, I'd love to know um, what you're the most excited about um, in being Miss South Dakota and what you want to accomplish first with um, your reign. Well, one of the biggest things that I'm really excited about is now that I'm in South Dakota, it's going to be a lot easier to get into schools. And my platform is all about career planning and access to higher education. So a big part of that is getting into schools and getting to students. And so I'm really excited um, for the fall semester to really get into schools and have that high, a little bit higher elevated platform to say I'm in South Dakota. And it's a little bit easier for principals to say yes to you. Um, but one of the biggest things that I'm like really excited about to accomplish is going to be kind of the pinnacle of my year is hosting a event that I'd like to call Super Saturday. And it's basically a career planning convention or um, think of a career fair, but like with workshops and other speakers that you can attend throughout the day from ACT prep and the FAFSA and other organizations that are all a part of the career planning process where students that are from rural areas can go for one day and just get all the information that they need to be successful in making their decisions and group counselors can come principals can come parents can come and just have it like an all comprehensive event for students to go to so that's going to be like my big project my big event that I'm working on this year is Miss South Dakota that I hope to accomplish yeah that's amazing so for the people that have no idea what your platform is about can you tell them a little bit all encompassing of the um, kind of a broad scale what you're trying to accomplish with your platform this year Absolutely. So my platform is called Operation Overload, and it's called Overload because many students feel overloaded with the daunting task of planning their career. Because oftentimes at 17, 18 years of age, you're still asking to go to the bathroom, and then at the same time planning the most, probably the biggest financial decision that you'll ever make in your entire life. And so to me, I experienced not having anyone really helping me and making those decisions, and I was the kid that had it all figured out. And so I knew that if I had it all figured out and I was struggling, that there was a lot of other students that were way worse off than I was, and I wanted to do something about that. And so I established Operation Overload as a nonprofit in the state of South Dakota. And what I do is go around and speak to students about some of the resources and other opportunities that are available to them that they don't even know about. And so I always say you can't be it if you can't see it. And so there's students making decisions about what they want to do with their lives without really seeing the full picture of all the opportunities that are available to them and all the resources that they have to make financially smart decisions about their future. And um, one of the things that I really am working on right now is partnering with the University of South Dakota's graduate counseling program and having graduate students that are about to graduate become high school counselors on an online help chat for career counseling so that students in rural areas that either don't have career counselors or don't have access to career counseling information can ask questions to students that are about to become counselors. Um, so the students that need the help are getting it and the students that need the practice of being a counselor are getting it too. So it's a really good um, two-way street, helps both people. Yeah, I love that. And for those of you guys listening who might still be developing your social impact initiatives platform, whatever you want to call it, I hope that you hear how awesome it is and the confidence that it instills in someone like Amber when you are diligent enough to do the research. I think the number one problem that I see, even in, I'd say maybe top five problem that I see in an interview a lot of times that makes people afraid of interview is that they haven't done their due diligence with their platform. Because if you think about the very essence of your interview, specifically talking a Miss America interview, it's either seven and a half minutes if you're um, a teen or nine and a half minutes if you're a Miss. And 20 to 25% of those questions are a lot of time about your platform. So if you don't know your platform like the back of your hand and you haven't actually done stuff, let that be encouragement to you whenever you feel like you don't have the strength or you're tired of cold calling schools and not hearing back, keep asking yourself, what can I do? You know, that's something that Amber did where she created her own nonprofit as a 19 or 20 year old. Like she's killing it. And every time that she had a door that was closed, she said, okay, what else can I do? Okay, what else can I do? What else can I do? And that's how she's gotten to this place of being able to help hundreds of people already. And soon to be, you know, hopefully tens of thousands of people with a real issue. And another thing that I would just say as a side note, before we ask our next question is really ask yourselves, is my platform able to be brought to a national level? Am I actually solving a problem that needs to be solved? Because half of your frustration could be that you're trying to solve a problem that frankly, no one cares about. And I don't mean that in a mean way at all. Um, but if your platform isn't something that can be taken to a national level, then you could be beating your head against a cement wall for no reason, strictly because it's kind of like, um, 
starting a business with a pool of a niche down, niche down, niche down community. Like, yeah, that's fantastic that a hundred of you really, really care about this. But maybe if you could find something that you're equally as passionate about that hundreds of thousands of people care about that really affect a larger group of people, then just that's my encouragement to you. You'll be able to have a lot more success in that area. For example, with Amber, who's helping high school students who just have no idea what they want to do in life. And so kudos to you, Amber, just for how hard you've worked over the past couple of years, um, because you really are solving a huge problem. And I'm just excited, regardless of what happens at Miss America, Amber gets to see the validation every day as Miss South Dakota, because she's literally changing lives. And that's a really great way to know whether you've selected the right platform or not. And I can tell you that at Miss South Dakota, one of the biggest questions that I got multiple times on my interview, on my onstage interview, and, and they phrased it a little bit differently, but I basically gave the same answer every time. It was, you know, how are you going to bring your platform statewide? How is this platform, if you won Miss America, going to be nationally? Um, how is this platform going to connect with all students? And I think if you're looking to change your platform, if you don't know what your platform is going to be, make sure that you pick something that when you walk into a classroom, you can connect with every single student that's there. Because I know a lot of girls, they struggle and they say, oh, well, when I go to a classroom, there's one student that I can tell I really connect with. Well, if you have a really niche down platform that, you know, only half the students or only a few students in that classroom are going to really be listening to you, it's going to be really hard for you and exhausting for you walking into that room because you know you're only really going to connect with one person. Whereas my platform, when I walk in, I I know regardless of where whatever's happening in that student's life whatever gender sex race creed whatever they are they're going to have to leave that place one day and they're going to have to become a productive member of society and if i can help them in that process that's awesome and i know that every single one of them has to make that decision and that's why i love my platform so much because i know that every single student can benefit from what i'm saying whether or not they want to listen to me that's one thing but i know that i can connect with them if they really open their ears and mind yeah i absolutely love that and i hope that you guys are really listening to that because i feel like if there's nothing else that you take away from this podcast episode and you're a pageant competitor like that is the number one most important thing and honestly like even if you're competing in a system such as Teen USA, USA that doesn't technically have a platform, it just gives you so much more well-roundedness as an individual and gives you more life experience and just things to talk about that I would highly encourage you to get involved with something like that. So next, I'm going to put Amber on the spot a little bit. I did not give you this question um, ahead of time at all, but I'd love to hear like the most impactful story of an individual or a group that you have affected through your platform, if you can think of something off the top of your head. I just had a girl, her name is Noble, and she will win a Noble Prize one day, um, which I think is fitting. But she reached out to me after one of my school visits, and I remember her vividly from when I spoke to her in the classroom because her eyes just lit up the whole time. And I give students my Snapchat, which I probably shouldn't do, but I always do because students seem to not want to message you on your website, but they'll Snapchat you and ask you questions. And so... I would rather have a few inappropriate messages and then be able to you know, get across to the students that are asking real questions because they're more comfortable Snapchatting me than sending an email. Um, but I think she messaged me like immediately after I left the classroom and she would text me at night at like 2 a.m. asking me all these questions about college. And she got almost a perfect score on her PSAT and didn't even know it. And so we got her set up. She wanted to enlist in the military. And I said, girl, you're too smart for that. Mm -hmm. And so she actually just got accepted to the Naval Academy summer seminar, ended up accepting that, um, offer. And then she realized that she couldn't afford going to the summer seminar because it was going to cost about a thousand dollars to get her there and pay for the camp and everything. And so I put out a Facebook fundraiser for her. We got the money raised in less than 12 hours. People wow. donated. And so she just got back from that. And I just texted her this morning, I think, and said, you know, I hope you're recovering well because those days are long. They get you up at like 430 in the morning for um, PT and then you're going all day long. But she said that she can't stop smiling and all the pictures she sent me, she has a grin from, you know, ear to ear and she, you know, can't wait to apply. She's excited to submit her application. And for those of you who don't know, I actually got an appointment to the Naval Academy when I was a senior in high school and then ended up not going because of some health issues with my dad and my family. So that was something that was always kind of my dream. And so if I can help other people get there because getting into the Naval Academy is like getting into Harvard. And so this girl um, is going to make it one day. And I know that she would have never known about this opportunity if it hadn't been for me. And so she's one of my biggest success stories. And, you know, even if I can only impact Noble's life and I made a change in her one life, that's someone's entire lifetime that I can change by doing all this work. And I think that, you know, that really just means the world. Wow. I love that. They gave me chills. I literally have chills right now. You guys can't see this. Amber and I are on video and audio right now, but wow. I'm sure that that gave you all chills. And if it did, then you should definitely comment on 
um, at Miss America SD and also at Powerhouse Pageantry when you look at this because we'd love to hear if that affected you as much as it affected me. That's amazing. Cool. So let's transition a little bit away from platform and talk a little bit about the months ahead. Obviously, we don't know at the time of this recording when or where Miss America is yet, but in speaking generally, what are you the most excited about in terms of going to Miss America and has it hit you yet that you literally are going to Miss America 2020? It hasn't really hit me yet. It hasn't really hit me yet that I'm actually Miss South Dakota either. Yeah. I just feel like my local title holder sash just says something different that people are more excited about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think the thing I'm most excited about going to Miss America is that I want to be a legislator one day and I want to represent this state as my job for the entire rest of my life. And so the fact that as a 20 year old, I'm getting to do that at a national level with the state's name across my chest, I am so excited about because that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And the fact that I'm going to get to answer political questions as if I'm a legislator, I'm just so pumped about. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. And uh, you already have a couple friends, obviously, that are going to Miss America with you, which is so special. Um, one of them being my sister, who we're going to have on the podcast either next week or the week after that as Miss Nebraska. And the jig is still up. We're literally like like looking through the internet to see if there have been other sisters who have both won the Miss title. I even asked my Miss America class, and we have not found out yet. But uh, if you guys listening know if there have been sisters who are both of the Miss people, then let us know because we have no idea. But anyways, so next question I'm really excited to ask you. So other than work with your platform, what are some other things that you want to accomplish over the course of your year? Obviously, you're very politically minded. Um, um, you've worked for like the state senator of South Dakota and done some really cool things. What are some of your objectives that you want to move forward with now that you kind of have access and this new platform? Well, one of the things that I actually was just messaging one of my really good friends from my student government organization in college about was South Dakota has a really high population of Native American people, and we never have really had a large portion of Native American girls participate in the Miss South Dakota program. Mm -hmm. And so he, his sister does like powwow queen stuff, and I don't really know if that's the proper terminology, but they do all kinds of Native American dancing, which I thought would be really interesting to have as their talent at the Miss America pageant, because we've seen like Nina Davalori, if that's how you say her name, she did, you know, Indian dancing as her talent. And I thought it would be really cool to have um, the Sioux style of dancing at Miss South Dakota and have that be representative of the population of South Dakota. So that's one thing I'd really like to work on is getting um, girls that are from South Dakota that have traditional dance styles involved in the organization because that's another problem connecting a little bit to my platform that a lot of Native American students aren't continuing their education just because of the ruralness of some of the reservations in South Dakota. So maybe giving them some access to scholarship funds through Miss America and connecting Miss South Dakota and my platform all together and putting it in one big bundle to help those students. Um, so that's something I'm working on. I'm also really trying to get our numbers up in South Dakota again. When I competed as a teen, there was always at least 16 teen participants. And this year there was 12. And I think for the past couple of years, there's only been about 12. So I'm really hoping to get some more teens involved because that really is the feeder program. Um, I'd like to hold some kind of like Miss South Dakota 101 kind of boot camp to teach girls how to get prepared for a local so that they can kind of get the nerves out so they can really say, yes, I'm doing a local and feel confident in it. Um, so I guess those are like my two big things I'm working on right now. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Um, kind of transitioning a little bit. What do you think is the number one reason, like you were saying, people, there's like doing a pageant is scary. I remember the first time that I did a local pageant. I mean, like, even if you're a talented person and a good communicator, the fear of the unknown can be crazy. What would be your advice to people who are competing for the first time? Well, when I started, my best friend talked me into it and she was the girly girl and I was a tomboy and I absolutely hated my first local pageant. And I told my mom that she would never catch me dead again at a pageant. And then she made me do another one because she's my mom and I won it. And I remember her actually saying, you're kidding me in the audience. And to me, then I got sucked into it. And then I learned what it was really about. And so I think the biggest thing is to kind of quell that fear of the unknown and ask a lot of questions and don't feel dumb about asking questions because us as title holders, the girls that really have got to know the organization, love the organization for all it's about. And we love to share 
our experiences and all the good things that it's done for us. So if you know someone that's done a pageant before, or if you are interested in it at all, don't feel like any question is a dumb question and quell your fear of the unknown by asking those questions because I wish I would have when I was 13 so that I kind of got rid of some of those stereotypes before I started doing them because I was walking into pageants telling people that I didn't want to do a pageant. And so I think that that would really help people be able to say confidently, yes, I'm doing this when you learn really what it's all about. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And what would you say, obviously there are tons of stigmas, tons of suppositions about what pageants are. Obviously you've been competing now for like seven plus years. What would you say are the greatest life lessons that actually you have gained? And also just in general, you feel like people do gain from pageantry that might be opposing to the external perspective. Well, I think one of the biggest things about pageant girls is they think we're dumb blondes. We're, you know, just ditzy girls. And pageant women are some of the most intelligent, well-spoken, grounded people I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, I always laugh. I'm like, if you're a pageant, you know, you're a pageant girl when you can tell what you're going to do for the next 10 years of your life in 30 seconds to anyone you know. And that's a skill that a lot of people don't know how to do at a very young age, to have that sort of vision. And regardless of if you're a good speaker or a bad speaker, pageants force you to figure out what to say to questions that are off the wall. And in anything that you're going to do one day, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, fine arts, whatever perspective that you're going into, whatever career you're going into, you're going to have to be interviewed and you're going to have to go through some kind of questioning process. And pageants really allow you to find your brand, figure out who you are and stand firmly in that. And that's a skill that a lot of adults don't even have. And I think that's something that's really important that sets you apart from other people that are applying for the same job because you know your brand, you know who you are. And if people can see that, um, they're going to love you or hate you for that reason. But when you find the people that you really connect with, you'll have a really good career that you're really passionate about and really find your place because you know who you are so you know where you fit yeah that's amazing so obviously there's been a lot that's happened last year with miss america 1.0 versus 2.0 and there have been a lot of advantages um to new kinds of pageant competitors um who feel confident to compete now that the elimination of the swimsuit competition as well as changing a bit the attributes of how much we actually speak on stage do you feel like there is still one kind of pageant competitor that is successful, part one. And part two, um, if it's not necessarily a physical type, what are the attributes of a pageant competitor that you feel like are consistent with? You have these things, you're probably going to be successful slash win. Well, first of all, no, there's not one type of pageant competitor that is going to win. And I think that the differences between 1.0 and 2.0, you're going to be able to see a little bit of change. Um, cause I think that this year I wouldn't have done as well as I did if it was still in the 1.0 system, just because I don't like swimsuit and that comes across very well in my face when I'm on stage in my underwear. Um, but I think that the onstage interview portion, the way that South Dakota did it, you do an onstage, an actual interview, like private interview, but on stage for two minutes. And so that allowed me to talk more about, you know, my values and who I am as a person, which I think is really important because as a title holder, you're going to need to be able to do that on stage for minutes at a time and not just one question. Um, and so I think that that changes like who could win because the girl that has the amazing talent that might not be perfect at answering questions, that's really going to show through, um, when you have those longer times of interview. So I think that transitioning to the next question, you're really going to have to work on your interview skills because you're going to really have to be able to own into who you are and be able to speak well on stage and not be nervous about speaking on stage because you shouldn't be because you know all the answers because it's how you feel about things and talking about all the work that you've done. And so even some of my friends that I've competed with that have asked me questions about, you know, oh, what can I do better? Like, can you help me with this? My biggest thing is to just own who you are. And the way that I get rid of my nerves is just by walking out there and saying, here I am. And if you're going to give me a bad score because you don't like who I am, then fine. Because I would rather win for who I, or lose for who I am than win for who I'm not. Um, and I think that's something that every girl should walk in saying. And that's why there's not going to be just one type of pageant girl or one type of winner because everybody's different. And that's what this is going to be all about for the future. Yeah. I love that. I totally agree. I think it's incredible how we've already seen um, 
what some might call atypical pageant women winning even state this year. And I think it's just going to be so exciting, um, depending on how they end up facilitating the onstage portions of Miss America, because I think it's absolutely time that the world gets to see the brilliance and the hard work and the dedication of specifically these state title holders who are the literal smartest, most involved, globally aware citizens. Like they are active citizens. And that is so important in a society where people are just glued to their phones and comparing mm -hmm. themselves constantly and just literally do not have a perspective beyond their own nose. And, um, and so I'm just really excited. I think the time is absolutely now for pageants to take on a new light and uh, it's really exciting. Yeah. So, okay. A couple questions, um, just final couple questions and then we'll get out of here. Um, I would really like to know what you would say to pageant competitors who maybe have been competing and competing and competing and competing and maybe have never broken the top 15 or have placed in the top 10 every single time and can't break into that top five. What would you say is possibly the missing component there? Um, and what could they maybe be working on that isn't worth it, isn't worth their time and energy? And what are some of the things that you would encourage them that they need to work on that you think move the ball forward most in the type of growth that will help them win? Well, I went, so I've done Miss for three years. And before that, I did teen for four years and never won the Miss Outstanding Teen title, but always made top five. And so I went from being always in the top five at teen. And then my first year at Miss, I made top eight, but I didn't make top five. And that hurt a little bit. Um, but at the same time, the growth of the woman that I was between my first year and my second year going from not even making top five and then being first runner up, it was all about really just doing the things that I always was like, oh, I want to do that. Or I want to be that girl. I want to accomplish these things. And I started worrying less about, oh, well, this girl over here is doing that. So I should probably do that too. And, you know, so-and-so wants me to keep my hair brown. So I'm going to keep my hair brown. And so-and-so wants to do this. I mean, it really was all about saying, what does Amber want? And what do you want to do? And what do you care about? And becoming yourself and stop. Yes, take advice from people because they do have a little bit of an outward perspective looking in on you. But you also have to look into yourself and figure out what you want and who you want. And act almost when I won this past year. That's why I kind of said earlier that my sash just feels like it says something different that people care more about now. Is because I, as Miss State Fair, basically acted like I already was Miss South Dakota and did things as if I was already Miss South Dakota. So when I won, I walked in basically saying to, to the judges in the interview, I've been doing it for a whole year already. So like, let's, let's do this and put the sash on me and let's go because I was already working that hard. And so I guess to the girls that are constantly finding themselves being that runner up or not making the top five, you know, stop worrying about spending thousands of dollars on outfits and everything, because when you become a state title holder, there are sponsors for that. Second of all, um, stop worrying so much about what you look like on the outside and start looking on the inside on like what's going on in your own brain that you're not shining through to the judges because that's a big part of it mindset. And I know that you hear people say that all the time and you kind of like blow it off, but it really, now that I've won looking back on that girl, it's really about owning who you are and feeling confident in your heart and really looking around at all the girls that you're competing against and knowing all the work that they've done, but also knowing that this is your time and that it's, you're, you're ready for it right now. And that's why I wasn't really nervous at state. So I didn't really have nerves because I just felt like I had already been doing all the work. And so for those girls, stop worrying about other people, stop worrying about what everybody else is doing and do your own thing and set the bar for everybody else. Yeah. I love that. 
I, th I always tell you guys and my clients, there's a difference between trying to be the girl and being the girl. And I know that's not like a very eloquent statement, but mm -hmm. I think uh, to sum up kind of what you're saying, what you're saying, what I hear you say is that there's a, there's a big difference between doing all of the things and it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, but actually isn't a duck, you know? It's like a goose in a duck's costume, and then being the girl. And there's just a certain serenity and peace that, it's so funny, because as a consultant, I can see it on you guys. When a girl is ready, I'm like, oh, she's ready, because it'll come out of your mouth, It'll, it'll, your language will be different. The way you carry yourself will be different. The way that you speak about yourself, your negative versus positive self-talk is different. Your mentality is different. You let your guard down quicker and easier. And, um, it's just been such a beautiful journey, Amber. I just want to thank you for allowing me to be a part of it because the person that you were two years ago is not the person that's standing before me today. And, um, my final question for you is, so like you were saying, people spend $3,000 on a dress that they wear for literally 15 seconds. And we all know the story of like Mallory Hagen who won in a $300 dress. So clearly like that it does matter like you want to feel beautiful that affects everything obviously um but there are so many other things that you can invest your time talent and treasure into do you agree with the statement investing in yourself is always worth it yes or no and why so absolutely because even after you're 25 and you can no longer compete in miss america and you've had a kid and you can't fit into that 300 dollars dress anymore you're still gonna be the girl that went through all the preparations and really developed yourself and that will help you in your career and for the rest of your life when that interview dress no longer fits you and when that interview dress is no longer in style. I mean, I won my state title with an interview dress that literally had a pen stain on it from when I wore it to an actual meeting to work, okay? Like, I literally held my hand over my knee so that you couldn't see my pen stain on my dress because I was like, I'm not spending money on a dress because I have so many business dresses. And so like, stop worrying about what you look like on the outside. Like, yes, you have to look put together and like you are there for, you know, a professional job meeting, but also stop worrying about if you have the most expensive gown. Again, I wore the same dress as I wore last year for my evening gown when I was first showing up and was in all the same pictures with the same dress on. It has nothing to do with your wardrobe. So stop, get off of those pageant resale websites. Stop spending money on hair extension. Like cut it out. Like work on yourself, work on the inside of yourself because that's what's going to continue on. Um, you know, how they say like people fall in love with, you know, fall in love with someone's eyes because that's the only thing that won't ever change when you're 80 years old. Think about that. Like think about the, the person that you're going to be 80 years down the road when you're no longer a beauty queen anymore. Yes. Um, and that's, that's the important thing about this because it's supposed to develop you for the future and not just while you have this sparkly hat on your head. Yeah. Come on, somebody. I'm like, preach it from the back. Let's go. I'm jacked. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I actually accidentally lied. Um, this is my final question for you. Um, so a lot of people talk about legacy and I want to define this um, because I think legacy is not only just the path that you want to leave as Miss South Dakota, but also how you want to set things up for the future, how you want to make things better, but also like what you just want to be known by as a person, even aside from being Miss South Dakota, encompassing all those things. I'd love for you to just tell us anything else that you want us to know about you, but what is the legacy that you want to leave um, all encompassing, whatever you want to tell us for the next year as Miss South Dakota? For our intros at Miss South Dakota, we had to share a quote before we introduced ourselves. And my quote was, I figure if a girl wants to be a legend, she should go ahead and be one Calamity Jane. And then I proceeded to say, hailing from the wild western side of South Dakota and taking a shot at creating my own legacy tonight and then introduced myself. Um, but I think that my biggest thing as Miss South Dakota that I want people to remember me for is being real and being authentic. 
And I don't want to put myself in a glass box and be on a pedestal and have people look at me like, oh, she's Miss South Dakota and kind of be like an untouchable person. I want, I hate the word relatable, but I want to be someone that girls look at and say, I could do that. I could be her because I'm like her and she's not a size two and she's not exactly perfect all the time. But that's what people want that they don't want a plastic Barbie doll. They want to be touched emotionally and feel something, not plastic. And so I think that if anything, I want to leave a legacy of being a Miss South Dakota who was real and stayed true to myself and didn't become Amber Miss South Dakota, but is just Amber wearing the sash as Miss South Dakota. Um, And I really want to be a Miss South Dakota who cares more about the things that she accomplishes and the people's lives that she touches rather than you know, the glamour and the glitz and the honor that comes along with being with South Dakota. So that's why when I talk about, you know, what I want to accomplish this year and what I'm most excited about, it's, it's really working hard and doing things for the state and not um, so much the fancy fun things that you get to do when you have the, the big tier on your head. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, so amazing. They gave me chills again. Well, I'm <laughs> so stinking proud of you. And uh, I'm honored to be, you know, somebody who's gotten to speak into your life, but also a friend and like a big sister. And I just, everybody who's listening, make sure that you go follow her. She's somebody worth following. Um, everything that she says is literally brilliant. And uh, Amber, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I love hearing this from you. And it's just been incredible, even as somebody who knows you very well from the bottom of my heart to hear your plans. And um, I just have the full confidence that you're going to accomplish everything that you want to accomplish. And uh, regardless of what happens at Miss America, like you deserve to be Miss America, you, you could do it tomorrow. And uh, it's just been such a pleasure being in your life. So thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Megan. Yay. Well, there you have it, folks. What an incredible, incredible story by Amber Hulse, your Miss South Dakota 2019. And you might have noticed that the music is a little bit different this time. We've changed things up. And I just wanted to take the time to say that you might have been listening for a while. This might be your 22nd podcast that you've listened to. And you may have competed this year just last week, a couple weeks ago, or you know maybe just a couple days ago and have come up short this year at your state pageant. You may have been prepping as hard as you thought humanly possible and just your dreams came and went and you might be feeling defeated. And I just wanna say that I totally understand what that feels like. That's how I felt like after Miss America. And I just wanna encourage you that you are so valuable and so worth it. And 2020 is gonna be an amazing year and an amazing season. And so I just wanted to take this time and say, if you've always wanted to kind of know what working with us is all about, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, but you might have been just too scared to DM us or reach out to us about the inner circle that you've been hearing about for 20 weeks and our other programs, or you you might just be too scared to reach out to the person behind the microphone. But I just want to encourage you that A, we're just normal people around here, And B, we would just be honored to be able to be a part of your success story. You know, so far, almost every single one of our girls has won either an interview prelim or one interview or won their state pageant. And that is an honor. And we've worked so hard to curate the very specific programs that we bring every single one of our powerhouse girls through because we know that it works. And I've been in your shoes. 
and did it all with no help other than just my mom. <laughs> and I just love what I get to do every day because I really wanna help you guys achieve your, your highest dreams that some of you guys have been working on for so long. So I wanted to just run a couple options by you guys. And the first option is you can just go to powerhousepageantry.com and send in, hey, this is who I am, this is where I'm at, please help. <laughs> and there's a little pop-up that comes up or you can go to the contact us form or just scroll down and you'll be able to see that on our website. Option number two is you guys can go to powerhousepageantry.bookify.com and select the next step call. And what that looks like is that's just a 60 minute interview where really we want to get some clarity if you're the right fit for us and also if we're the right fit for you. You know, we're really passionate. I was just saying this on a call earlier today. We're really passionate about this being a family. And that's why we call it the powerhouse family because it 100% is that. And on this call, that's a really great opportunity just to get down to the nitty gritty to see if we can help you and if not then we'll give you a great recommendation elsewhere that's my promise to you it's super low-key and really fun we laugh a lot we get super deep and uh, I just really like to help you any way that I can to see if, if what we can help you with is the right fit for your needs so like I said 2020 it's such an exciting time coming up and we are currently taking applications for the 2020 season they will fill up quickly last year our weekend intensives filled up goodness I think like in February that was all the way through like the last week of May so we have two brand new programs this year I'm so excited about it I could talk about it for hours but you'll just have to hop on the phone with us to figure more of that out so with that thank you so much for listening I believe in each and every one of you thanks for supporting the podcast and we will see you next week